Our scripture passage today comes from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, verses 1, and then verses 7 to 11. Before we read this, let's bow our heads in prayer. Good and heavenly Father, Lord, the giver of this holy word of scripture, the giver, Lord, of the Holy Spirit that not only inspired these words, but Lord, still teach us and guide us today. And Father, we ask that that Spirit be in our hearts and minds as we read and as we approach these words that you have given us. Lord, may you give us a clear and open mind and a heart that is open and understands. And Lord, illuminate us as you have illuminated these words. Father, bless this holy reading of your holy word and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's the gospel according to Luke chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 to 11. Listen now to the word of the Lord. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, and when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher, then you will be honored and the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to give you a few scenarios, and I want you to try to guess and see if you can tell me what all these scenarios have in common. All right, scenario one, you're going up to a stop sign. It's a four-way stop, right? You're the first car up at the stop, and then just as soon as you pull up, another car pulls up your right, right after you, and then right after them, another car pulls up to the left right after you, and then just as about you're to take your turn and go, a fourth car comes up, hardly slows down, and then blows through the intersection. Right, scenario one. Scenario two, you're at a house of a friend, and you've, and you've put your phone down, and you see someone else pick your phone up and start scrolling through your phone. Scenario three, right? You're walking down the street and some big guy hits you too close and clips you with his shoulder, almost sending you sprawling to the sidewalk. And you look up to see who it was or why they did it. And they just walk on. Don't even turn around. Don't even acknowledge that they bumped you. They just keep walking on down the sidewalk. Scenario four, we're at a party again. 
at a friend's house. You see somebody you know well, you haven't seen in a long time. You look at them and you say, hey, how you doing? And they turn and they look at you. They lock eyes with you and then they turn around. What are these scenarios have in common? <laughs> You're invisible. Yeah, you feel small. You feel hurt. And what they all have in common is also you've been insulted. You have been insulted. And you have been disrespected in all these ways. And, and, and it might seem little, but they sting. And they hurt. And sometimes they sting real deep. And see, some people might say, oh, this is petty. You know, this is petty. You've got to get over it. But this, this person who runs through the stop sign, when he does that, you know what he's saying with his actions? You know what he's saying to all of you that are there before him waiting your turn? As he's blowing through that stop sign, he's saying, you don't matter. You don't matter. You don't matter. Your patience doesn't matter. The fact that you were here first doesn't matter. Even your rights under the traffic laws of South Carolina, they don't matter. I'm more important, and I'm going first because I mean more than you. I'll tell you what it is. It's disrespectful. All these scenarios, extremely disrespectful. If I was saying it in an older way, I would say it's dishonorable. That's what they were doing. They were insulting your honor in every single one of those scenarios. Now, you might not think that we're an honor-based society anymore. And no one really thinks of 21st century America as a real, strictly honor-based society. But it's not true. Honor is still important to every single one of us. I mean, we've not gotten to the point where we're challenging people to duels. If somebody's insulted our honor or the honor of our loved one. But if you don't think honor matters to you, then why does it bother you when someone blows through the stop sign? Why does it bother you when someone doesn't respect your privacy or your private property? Why does it bother you when someone doesn't have the respect to stop when they bump you on the street and say, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. That was my fault. Or why does it bother you when you're deliberately snubbed at a party by someone who knows you and you know what they're doing? Because it hurts our honor. It still hurts our honor. There's still pain and shame when our honor is wounded. There's still a pain of an insult when our honor is hurt. It still hurts us today just like it has hurt societies thousands of years previous that were extremely uh, aware and cognizant of their sense of honor. This passage in Luke we read today is a passage about honor. It's a passage about honor and where we should get it and how we should go about acquiring honor for ourselves. Now, somewhere in the last hundred years, and, I, and I'm not sure how it happened, but sometime, I think it was the last hundred years, the word honor almost became like a bad word with Christians. Like it, it became associated too much with pride, that if you had honor, that meant you were proud. And if you wanted honor, that means that you weren't humble at all. And so it almost, like I said, became a bad word or something that we just didn't focus on a whole lot. And in some Christian circles, even the idea of honor is disparaged. 
But that's really not the case. And if you read through the Bible, we find out that many parts of the Bible celebrate honor. They celebrate honor. They encourage Christians to find honor, to gain honor. And they treat honor as being something valuable. And even honor as something that's promised to the godly. Let me share with you a few scriptures that it talks about honor. In 1 Samuel 2, 30, God says, Those who honor me, I will honor. That's a reward for honoring God, is that God will in turn honor you if you honor Him. In Psalm 8, 5, it talks about humanity. It says, You have made man a little lower than the heavenly beings, yet you have crowned him with glory and honor. As honor is our birthright of being made in the image of God. Proverbs 11.6 says, A gracious woman gets honor. And again in Proverbs 21.21, 21, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. The reward for a righteous living and a righteous life is honor. And it's not just Old Testament. It's New Testament as well. Paul talks about those who pursue honor or those who will gain eternal life. Romans 2.7 To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor, He will give eternal life. And again in Romans 2.10 But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. See, we're told honor is not a bad thing. Honor, in fact, is something that each of us should pursue. See, it's not that honor is bad, or even desiring honor is bad. Honor, I think, is something that every single one of us needs. It's a, it's a spiritual need that every human being possesses. The need and the desire for honor, not what's bad, it's, it's all in how we go about getting it. Honor still matters to us and always will matter as long as we're human beings, even if we don't use the word honor. See, the feeling you get when you're honored is, is that feeling that, that you matter, right? that you're important. I think Norm was talking about the, the uh, similarity in those scenarios is that you're treated like you're invisible. That's, that's dishonor, to be treated like you're invisible. To be honored is, means you're visible, you're very visible. The Hebrew word for honor actually means to have weight, like you matter. To be shown honor is, is to have a sense of self-esteem or self-respect or this, this, this confidence that we all want to have in life. And what we're really looking for is to feel like we have honor. It's something that we all need to feel honored, to feel respected. But the difference is, is how you go about getting your honor. And that's the subject of Jesus' parable today. Is how people go about trying to get honor. So he, here he is, he's at a banquet and he's, and he's watching people and they're all trying to get the place or the seat of honor. And in and, and this society, whenever you went somewhere, there was the, the main table when you went to someone's house for a meal. There's the main table. Or maybe it was one table and you had a seat of honor. And that was for the guest of honor or for the host. And whoever sat next to him was, was honored in place. So the closer you were to the head of the table or the guest of honor, then the more honor you received. 
And the more important you looked in the eyes of everybody, and the farther away you were, that meant the less important you were to the host. And so Jesus tells the story about this, this wedding banquet and, and people are trying to get the best seat and they're, and they're fighting for the best seat because they want to be the ones that are honored in the face of everybody else. They want to be respected. They want to get the attention. Now, we don't have the, I guess, the exact same situation because most of us don't fight for seats at tables or, or fight for seats at wedding or, or try to, to jockey ourselves to get right there in, the, in that seat of honor next to the, to the main guest. We might not fight for seats at a table, but we do fight for attention. We do try to get recognition. We may do it in other ways, but we try it. All of us like to have attention. All of us like to have a certain recognition. I mean, that's what social media is all about, isn't it? It's all about getting the recognition. It's all about, look at me, look how popular I am. Don't you see how popular I am? Look at these friends I have, and I've got pictures to prove it. Look how pretty I am today. Doesn't my hair look great? It's almost perfect. And it is perfect because I have the perfect life. I have the best kids. See how they're smiling and how obedient they look in my picture and in this video. It's because we have perfect children. And I have the perfect husband who always is doing wonderful, nice things to me. Or I have the perfect wife who is always being such a great wife to me. And I can give you cooking tips because I'm a much better cook than you. And I can also give you tips on how to clean your house and how to raise your children and how to dress yourself and put on your makeup so you can look perfect as I am. Oh, and keep scrolling through. You see my vacations? Oh, they're magical. Just magical vacations. We just have a great time. Nothing ever goes wrong here in my perfect little world, my perfect house and manicured lawn. At least that's what I hear when I go through social media. Maybe I'm a bit jaded. I don't know. I had my wife cackling at me, so. Yeah. But, you know, even, in, even not out, before social media happened, we were doing it. And, and for those who are not on social media, we still do it. I mean, part of the way we present ourselves to the world and the way we dress and the way we act is to try to get a certain measure of recognition from people, to try to get a certain amount of admiration. And I'm not talking about, like, just dressing nice. You know, it's always sometimes in the back of our head is that we're hoping people will really, really like the way we look or we talk about ourselves in a certain way so they'll know about the important things that we have done and we can get a certain measure of recognition and admiration from our peers. See, these are ways that we fight for honor. And Jesus, when he tells us, he doesn't say trying to get honor is bad. It's all in the way you do it. He says, but fighting for honor and trying to get honor and trying to get recognized and admired, Jesus says that is the way that you will get humbled. In his parable, he talks about the feast, about someone who comes and they take the place of honor for themselves. But then the host comes because someone more important than you has arrived and he moves you from your seat. I'm sorry, this is the important seat. You're going to have to move down. Nope, further. Further, keep going, just, just walk that way. Yes, way down, right there, that's your seat, right there. And you get humiliated in front of everyone. So you've tried to honor yourself, 
You try to get recognition and admiration for yourself, but all that's done is had you humiliated and humbled. And it happens in every way when we try to honor ourselves, whether it's an obvious way or whether it's a subtle way. We're just setting ourselves up to be brought low. The book of Proverbs, the Lord says that he gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. We see it almost every week. Some famous figure gets brought low again. And see, they set themselves up to have a publicly honored life, a publicly admired life. And these actors and politicians and, and, uh, and, and you know, social media influencers, they've made their lives public to have public admiration. But when they're brought low, it's public shame. The whole world sees it. The whole internet talks about it. And the shame is equal to or probably greater than any honor or admiration that they had earned for themselves. Did y'all see that uh, video of that poor SC State punter? If you just, just Google SC State punter and you'll, the video will come up. Poor guy ran 10 yards past the line of scrimmage before he punted the ball. And it's all over the internet. And, and he, he might not have been looking for fame for himself, but when you're in any kind of profession where you can get that public admiration, you can also be publicly ashamed and humiliated. And we see it so often. Famous figures riding high and then subject to public humiliation. See, anytime you set yourself up for great honor, Anytime you set yourself up for great respect in any of the ways where you're telling the world to look at me and to see how great you are. When life humbles you, not if, but when life humbles you, because life will humble all of us, it will all crash down. And this altar that you had built for yourself now becomes a house of shame. See, that's not the way that we earn honor and respect. That's not the way as children of God, as disciples of Jesus Christ, that we earn honor and respect. Jesus actually gave us a quite novel approach to earning honor and respect. And it's so counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense, but it works. The way you get honor and respect is to humble yourself. You humble yourself. And when you do, you will be exalted. And through your humility, God will give you honor. He said when, when you go to that feast, you don't take the highest seat. He says, go take the lowest seat. Go take the humblest seat. And the chances are your host is going to come to you and say, what are you doing down here? You're so much more important than that. Here, come on, take this higher seat. And they raise you up. So you are exalted in the company of others. You humble yourself, Jesus says, and you will be exalted. See, the honor we get from other people, we get compliments, we get praises, we're told what a good job we've done and how great we are. It feels good. It does. I mean, admit it, it feels good. We all like it. But it doesn't last. Getting praise and honor from other people is like eating junk food. You know, there's sweet snacks like cakes and ice cream and donuts. Oh, it tastes great, man. 
It feels good going down. We get that sugar rush. All the pleasure centers of our brain are, are firing off, and it feels awesome. And then 30 minutes later, when we crash, we feel worse than before, and top it all off, we're hungry again. Praise and compliments are the same way. They feel great. It feels good to get them, but as soon as they're done, we find out we need more. It hasn't filled us up. It hasn't lasted. It hasn't sustained us. It feels like honor. It feels like the real thing, but it's not. It's not real nutrition. Now, real honor comes from being faithful. Real honor comes from being obedient to God. Real honor comes from service and humility. Real honor comes from, and this will be a shock here, doing what is honorable. That's where real honor comes from. Doing the honorable thing, even if nobody sees, and even if no one will ever acknowledge that what you did was honorable. Then during honor comes not when we're served, but it's when we serve others. The real enduring honor comes not when people have lifted us on their shoulders, but when we're on the bottom lifting other people up. The real honor comes not when people are working for us, but when we work for the glory of God and for the good of our fellow man. It's in service to God and to others that we receive a sense of honor that does not fade and it doesn't go away. It's a sense of honor, of respect, of, 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 of having that sense that you matter, that you are real, that you have weight in this world and it will stay with you and it will support you and it will feed you throughout your life. And the great thing about this honor, the honor that comes from God, the honor that comes from service, the honor that comes from humility, is that it's going to stay with you even if you're insulted. The honor will stay with you even if you're being lied about, even if you're being persecuted. In fact, if you're being persecuted, that honor will only increase. This is the honor that stays with us if we're hated and if reviled and if the whole world counts you as nothing haven't been able to stain your true honor one single bit. Real honor doesn't come from the mouth of men. It comes from the delight of the Lord. Real honor comes when the Lord looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And because it's real, that is, and it's not show honor, it's not fake honor, it's not human honor, because it's given by God and not given by man, there's nothing that any human being can do that will take it away. This is the honor that endures. This is the kind of honor that comes from humility, the kind of honor that comes from service. And this is exactly the kind of honor that was gained by Christ when he took a cross upon his shoulders. It's exactly the kind of honor that was gained by Christ when he bore the insults of the wicked. It's exactly the kind of honor gained by Christ when he suffered for sins that he never committed. That honor is the giver of true life 
is the heart of Christ our Lord. When you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.